Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Lewis and Greg right here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Greg, you know how we've kind of broadened that? I try to use it all the time because our listeners are tuned in from around the globe. This yeah. morning, I got another powerful reminder as we were preparing for one of our upcoming uh, live streams. And it was um, it was like 3 p.m. their time. It was, uh, I think, 8 or 9 a.m. our time. And as I said, hey, good morning, everybody. They're like, you mean good afternoon? Good, it's dinner time, right? It was, it was yeah, three o'clock right. coffee time. Uh, so I yeah. Know. Also, you know, people listen. We I don't know if everybody knows this. We publish these as YouTube videos and podcasts that people could listen to any time of any day or night, right? So it's almost like I don't know what we should say, right? <laughs> <laughs> we and plus, I'm such a uh, good morning is such a go-to phrase for me. So I've got to I've got to really embrace that omni-channel approach. Folks that I, are I here. like the I like making sure you hit all channels. I don't think there's any reason not to say it because that I mean there's only so many choices, Scott. Right. Morning, <laughs> afternoon, or night. Right. Well, so you're covering the whole world, no matter what time they listen or what vehicle they listen on. That is right. And hey, uh, kidding aside, talk about covering the world, uh, folks. Today we're talking about a very special subject uh, to all of us here, but we're continuing. Yeah. It all falls under the our, one of our longest-running series, Supply Chain Today and Tomorrow with Mike Griswold with Gartner. Now, Greg, as I mentioned, special topic, one's that, one that is really near and dear to our hearts as it's right. baked into our culture here at Supply Chain Now. We're focusing on how some companies, uh, how they're powering their own do, uh, big do-good initiatives and are making a major impact out there in industry. Is that right? Right. Yeah, I mean, there's so many companies that – you know, I think the well, well, I'll save it for the one that I admire. I happen to know you're going to ask that question, Scott. So, <laughs> um, but there are so many companies that have so many initiatives to do such great things, and it's great to be able to celebrate that. So, you know, usually when we're with Mike, we're talking about the big issues or the big opportunities in supply chain, what to do in the turns, right? Right. Um, and by the way, we're in a turn now. I wonder if anyone's noticing that. Mm. But, um, but it's great that Mike and the folks at Gartner and, and we and everyone become aware of, of how companies are contributing to the good of humankind, right? That's right. You know, maybe maybe they'll roll up some of what they hear here today and you know, elsewhere with uh, big philanthropic efforts. I can never say that word right. Mm. Holy cow. Um, you know, maybe it'll, it'll guide some folks with where to spend their dollars. You know, I don't know about you. I like to spend money where, you know, companies are really investing, and especially to, in uh, – to those uh, in those in need, you know? Um, yeah. So all of that said, uh, we're going to say hello to a few folks here. Momentarily, we see uh, a bunch of folks coming into the cheap seats or the uh, club seats since it's football season. I want to share a couple of quick announcements, Greg, first, okay? Uh, let's see here. Coming up tomorrow, September 8th, 12 noon, uh, Crocs has been on the move. You know, a lot of folks, may th when they hear Crocs, they may think straight only footwear, but they have really expanded the portfolio. So we're going to be talking with Christopher from Crocs and John from N4 about how they, the company Crocs has been able to digitize 
their financial supply chain. So join me and Corinne Bursa, uh, the 8th at 12 noon. That's tomorrow already. Goodness gracious. And then, Greg, we've got our dear friend, the one and only Kevin L. Jackson, back with us. He's doing yeah. big things with Digital Transformers. Uh, next week, we've got a webinar on September 13th, Better Business Outcomes with Blockchain. Lots of bees there. Yeah. Uh, well, and my favorite word, right? provenance. Right. right. So perfect. If anyone is wondering, because I think a lot of people do wonder, what the heck do you do with supply chain or with blockchain? <laughs> a lot of people are wondering what to do with supply chain also. But with blockchain, um, you know, provenance is perfect. It is an immutable ledger, a register of transactions, if you think of it as simple as that. Right. And it's, yes, Scott, I did give you five bucks for gas <laughs> money. Right. And you can't deny it. Right. It was me that gave it. Here's the amount. You got right. it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Here's when. Right. right. Yeah. All of um, that. But, you know, to your point, Greg, uh, it's, it's really cool to see some of the really practical use cases more and more coming out of how blockchain is being applied out there. So join yeah. us on the 13th at 12 noon, especially as it relates to um, uh, digital document provenance. Uh, again, Greg's favorite uh, favorite things to talk about for sure. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be like the way you say it better. <laughs> you mean without any international or global flair? I think that's what I'm doing, isn't it? I think okay. I'm like uh, Francophiling it. Whatever. Well, you've, you've been around the globe and, and that's where usually I come to you when I get tongue twisted in my Georgia English. So, uh, um, well, you, you've paid me back now. <laughs> okay. Fair Did enough. You, yeah. So, so we're going to be bringing in Mike Griswold, folks, the one and only. He's with us the first Wednesday of each month. Uh, goes back probably a couple of years now. You're not going to miss some of what he shares here today, uh, including maybe some of the things you've always assumed you knew, uh, how things worked and the impact they were making. But right. we're going to get some crystal clarity here today. Say hello to a few folks. Catherine is uh, part of the production team helping to make today's event happen. Happy Wednesday, she says, everybody. Big thanks to Catherine and Amanda and Clay, the whole gang. Uh, behind the scenes, uh, helping to make these shows happen. Follow Supply Chain now on Twitter because she's going to be sharing some of the undoubtedly brilliant tidbits that Mike shares with us. That is such a great point, folks. If you love Twitter, you know, then there might be that might be like a uh, yes or no, love it or hate it type of equation these days. But if you love Twitter, check do definitely check out Greg and myself and Supply Chain now on Twitter. Um, Milan, welcome in via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're dialed in from. Uh, Nazreen uh, is back with us from via mm -hmm. LinkedIn. She joined us, uh, I want to say, about a month uh, within the last few weeks. So great to have you back. Uh, you that, it's such a gift that you remember uh, that character. We try. We try, Greg. We try. Farah is in Jordan, tuned in via it's LinkedIn. It's there. There you go. That's right. So Farah, looking forward to your uh Dinner time observations on our conversation today. Ahmad, tuned in via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're dialed in from. Uh, let's see here. Gomalimo, uh, uh, tuned in from Botswana via LinkedIn. Great to see you here today. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Kapila, I think I got that right. Or Rohit, uh, Rowit, I think. Greg, right? Rowit? Yeah, I think it depends on the region. I'm guessing that's probably India, but Rohit, I think Rohit is correct. So, Colonel, we want to get this yeah. right. Let us right. know. Spell, spell it out for us. Give us the phonetic. That's right. Uh, pronunciation. I was no help to you there, was I? <laughs> no, you weren't. But hey, great to have you here. Uh, let's see here. Dr. LeGriffin 
tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Looking forward to your perspective. Jose Sanchez, who I believe Jose hails from the metro Atlanta area like you and I do, uh, Greg, although you've got one foot on the coast these days. But welcome, everybody. I know we we haven't been able to hit everybody, but looking forward to your perspectives here today on one of our favorite topics. So with no further ado, Greg. And that was some some ado. There are lots of ado, but hey, we we try... (laughs) We try to celebrate, you know, folks, if y'all have been watching this for quite some time, we love what Mike or any of our guests bring, especially Mike, but we also love to share the perspective from folks that are dialed in from around the world. So y'all keep that coming. But with no further ado, lots of ado already, no further ado, I want to bring in our featured guest, Mike Griswold, Vice President Analyst with Gartner. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, uh, I'm great. Uh, a couple of years ago, Greg, or sorry, Scott, you could have gotten a lot farther with the five bucks for gas that Greg got you today. I don't know you can get very far. Maybe around the block. Go across the parking lot, Mike. Man, yeah. yeah I can't even get tough. far enough to avoid the conversation uh, and the debt, can I, Mike? Yeah. Uh, but hey, all of that uh, aside, great, yeah. great to have you back and really hey, enjoy the here. pre-show. Yeah. And, and what we're going to be talking about today. So folks, we're talking about companies, leaders, organizations out there that are really, truly doing good, uh, leading with actions rather than words. So we're going to talk about all of that momentarily. Um, okay. And really quick, uh, Razan, great to have you here via LinkedIn from the UAE. And Krista, great to have you back from Baldwin, Wisconsin. I bet that's a, a pretty place this time of year. Well, it's two people sounding off from the States. Everyone else all around the globe. It's global. Mike, Day. you Mike have Rizzo. gone global. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a bit scary, Greg. Already. We'll, we'll see how that, that works out today. <laughs> that's a perfect segue. Thank you, Greg. Because Mike has been going global here recently. Yeah, good yes. point. And I think that's going to feed into, no pun intended, our, our kind of quick warm-up question, right? So today, folks, is here in the States is National Acorn Squash Day. It's also National Salami Day. So we have plenty, plenty to celebrate. So that all of that, because you know we love talking food around here, Greg and Mike. Uh, I want to pose this question to you, Mike. What's one delicious meal that you've had here recently? Please share that with us. Yeah, so my wife and I just got back from a, a trip to Scotland. And I'm sure most people, when I tell you what we had that I really enjoyed, will not will initially not put it in the wonderful category, but yeah, till they we, had hear op- more, right? we, we had an opportunity to have Haggis and it, it was, it, it has a really bad reputation. It was really good. Um, it, it tastes so, I mean, people, I don't need to go into gory details around how it's made, but, but basically it's got the, the consistency of kind of a, a, a sweeter ground beef. Okay. Um, it was really, really good. Yeah. You know, I, I figured, you know, while in Scotland, it's obviously one of the national dishes. Uh, there was a ceremony around presenting the haggis, so really? it, and it was good. And then you know there were other people on the tour who later on in the tour actually had you know like a, a haggis pot pie or had you know something uh, a, a full meal built around it versus kind of an appetizer. So okay, the the, the Scottish people said you know it's. It's better than what goes in hot dogs and bologna. So you, you Americans really shouldn't crinkle your nose. So, <laughs> so I tried it. It was really good. It was really good. So, so let, ahead, let's Greg. share why people think it's gross, Mike. You don't have to. I will. It's <laughs> this ground beef served in, in sheep's intestines. 
But Correct. Mike, please share why that's not gross. Well, you don't. It's it's basically think of it as a, as a large sausage, right? The 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 casing is is designed to hold the meat in and and what it's cooked in. You know, part of the ceremony is they bring the haggis out in, in kind of a loaf like this, and then you cut it open, and then you just kind of spoon out the 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 ground beef that's inside. You don't eat the outside. You you scoop out the ground beef. So okay. that's um, why it's not gross. Exactly. <laughs> Well, as opposed, I guess, as opposed to eating what, who knows what's in, in actually eating all the bologna, right? Or right. eating all the hot dog, right? We don't really or, know yeah, what yeah, any of those exactly. things. So, so thank you. Yes. So it's important to note, to be fair, um, you know, there's sausage type traditions globally. And yes. I bet if we investigated all of them with our flashlights and about in terms of how it all was made, you know, yes. there's probably not a safe and delectable corner across no. the globe. but. No. Mike, I appreciate you sharing. I hope you had a great trip to Scotland. Um, Greg, I want to ask you one of your favorite meals. And folks, we're going to get into some of the uh, do-good philanthropic initiatives that need to be on your radar here in just a minute because supply chain is in a very unique position to lead and to act and to deliver on things like that. But uh, really quick, Greg, our friend Fred Tolbert is back with us. From He, he resides in Statham, Georgia now. Great day to be in supply chain, he says. Greg, his nickname? The Doc Holiday of supply chain. That is right. Fred, <laughs> great to have you it. back. <laughs> and also, uh, a new first-time attendee, Chris Christopher Anderson from Lynchburg, Virginia, tuning in for the first time. Good stuff. I was going to ask you, um, Mike, You know, the famous Lynchburg is in Tennessee. I didn't know if you may need some of the famous product from Lynchburg, Tennessee, to kind of wash down some of the, your uh, cuisine you're having in Scotland. Well, it, f- funny story. So when you're in Scotland, you drink a lot of scotch, which was no problem to me. But we were in a pub in Glasgow our first night looking for something to eat. And I'm in, I had a nice scotch, but I'm looking at the bar and they've got a tap with Coors Light. It's like, <laughs> what? I, we're in we're in Scotland and someone actually is going to buy a Coors Light? I, anyway, no disrespect to Coors Light, but... That's not what I expected to see when I was was in yeah. Scotland. No Shot kidding. to the system. All right. So, Greg, yes. Greg, uh, whether you want to comment on what Mike just shared there or comment on one of your delicious meals you've had recently. Yeah, well, I've had a traditional uh, Irish meal. Okay. Coastal Irish. <laughs> ancient, historical, American Irish immigrant meal. Okay. Of, of shrimp recently that was just absolutely spectacular so just cooked real simple just steamed uh or, or boiled and steamed with with um old bay seasoning and of course here it was the shrimp that you literally saw come off the boat go into the pot and into my tummy so love that that's just you know that's just one uh, that i think of you know if we're t- thinking experientially about meals yeah. Sign me up. I'll, I'd love to partake in that meal. Hey, really quick. You're just talking seasonings there, and then we're talking food. I, I was one day old when I found out that Lowry's, the seasoning salt, it actually, the restaurant came first, and then they launched a line of seasonings, which eventually became uh, acquired by McCormick. Had no idea. I thought it was a Where spice company. Where was the restaurant? Uh California. I want to say Beverly Hills or, or L.A. They got okay. one in Vegas now and a couple of places. Called so, Lowry's. Uh, yeah, Lowry's. My, no, my, my grandparents even been using, that. yeah, my grandparents use their seasoning salt 
you know, all the time growing up. So um, Amanda already knew that, but I'll save that rest of that story for another time. Um, Cause we want to talk about one of our favorite things here, especially really outcomes, action, real impact. And, and Mike, you know, uh, with all the conversations we've had, you're, you're part of the kindred spirits, part of the uh, do good family here for sure. Um, I want to lead with this one. And then I want to, I want to get Mike and Greg to weigh in with some of their favorite initiatives. So I was talking, we were interviewing uh, Tom Marr with Dell uh, a few weeks back. He's been with us before. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very connected with making an impact far beyond what they do at Dell. Um, he just joined the advisory board for this group called Pay It Forward 9-11. Now, this was new to me. Um, it is inspired by the actions of the townspeople of Gander, which is a town in Newfoundland, Canada, of what took place on September 11, 2001. And the organization seeks to have individuals take action and do good deeds for their communities over the course of September 1st through the 11th, right? Now, Greg, Mike, we all know the power, the simple gestures in life, the simple good deeds and ripple effect it can have. I love the simplicity behind this effort, as well as the you know the powerful impact that I could that could lead to. Um, so y'all check that out. Pay it forward. Nine eleven. I think we're dropping the link in the comments there. And folks, even if you have nothing to give, nothing to give. You know, it's about you know, simple things you can do to make it a better day, a better time in your community. Um, all right. So Mike, I'm gonna start with you. What's what's a couple of your favorite really do good initiatives out there? Yeah, so let me circle back to that one real quick because that's a really interesting story which I didn't know about. Um, but they've actually turned that whole story around that town into a Broadway show called Come From Away. It's actually coming here to Boise uh, at the beginning of October. Hmm. It's on Broadway. It's, I believe, won several Tonys. But they, it's it's about the some of the passengers and it's really about the town and how the town rallied when they had you know, I think it's something like the regular population of that town was like 15,000. It grew to almost 40,000 when all of these planes had to be diverted and land in this little airport. So that's a great, uh, it's a great um, organization and it's, and it's a great story. And I'm really excited just to go to the show and, and see mm-hmm. how they've turned that into a, into a Broadway show. Come um, from away. Right? Come, from, come away. from away. Yep. Okay. There's actually a book. Uh, my wife was looking at the book on Amazon. Um, I might get the book and read that first. I tend to do that. But anyway, so it, that's a great story. Um, but back, yeah. sorry, back to your question. You know, when when I think about um, kind of the, the charitable aspect, it's hard for me not to think about it through the lens of the supply chain. If you think about charitable in, sense, in the sense of product and charitable in the sense of supply, right? On the product side, you know, Walmart comes to mind with a lot that they do, both on the food side in terms of donating to to local food banks, um, to even just having overstock product that they find places to put in the in the community. Temper Sealy, the mattress company, a lot of those same activities. You know, we mentioned. Can I say in the green room? It makes me feel special, right? In the green <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, in the green room. Thank you. Yeah, it makes me feel special. Um, we talked, you, you mentioned, Scott, about, you know, wanting to um, patron or, or be a patron of, of organizations that do those types of things. I would encourage folks to look at even your local supermarket, because I'm sure without a whole lot of fanfare, they're doing a lot of stuff to local food banks. 
I know Albertsons does a lot here um, in the Boise area with our local food banks in terms of donating food. So that's one on the product side, but probably where I would spend most of my discussion is is on this idea of the supply side. Hey, Mike, so before the, I, yeah, before you shift gears there, can I get Greg? You know, oh, please, already, yeah. You know, Greg, wait, Walmart, Temper, Temper Sealy, some of your local f- supermarkets like Albertsons. Greg, weigh in there. Uh, what your what some of your thoughts are? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I hadn't really thought about it this way, but there's almost always an opportunity to do something, even just throw a change in a bucket at your local grocery store, right? Um, and you see that. Yeah more, you know, more and more places. Um, but, I, you know, I think about, and I know we're going to talk about some really big initiatives, but some th- simple things like throwing your, your spare change in for the Ronald McDonald house at McDonald's or various and sundry other things, I mean, that turn into really big initiatives, right? So uh, to me, the message here is, you know, give small, give simple, give now, right? And yep. there are so many opportunities where you know, somebody, I, I, I just went to the store the other day. I'm allowed in the grocery store again, by the way, guys. So, <laughs> and I've gotten a lot better at it. Yep. Um, where somebody just taps on a little bucket and says, do you want to give? I'm like, yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> Spare change, whatever. Um, and, you know, every, that adds up, right? right. So I, I just think that that is the key thing for people to understand. These big corporations do big, bold initiatives, but everyone can give some spare change that is going to matter. Well said. Well said. And one, one more quick thought, uh, and we'll get to a comments in, in just a minute, but Mike, one more quick thought before you continue is as much as I love, and it's just my, my opinion here, as much as I love the, you know, the movement to you know, buy fast food or Starbucks for the person behind you, I love that. Mm-hmm. But you know, where I think some of the biggest value, even if you, you, you only have the $6 or whatever you want to give to, to Greg's point is focusing on those truly in need. Cause they're, I mean, you know, globally there's, there's a, there's a massive in, in your own community. You'd be surprised about how many folks are, are under, um, 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 from a food standpoint uh, under, under, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Nourished. Thank you. Undernourished. Thank you, Greg. Uh, okay. Um, we're back even. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> but really targeting, you know, everyone's got limited resources, targeting that to those in need. Uh, I think there's a big value there. Okay, so Mike, you're kind of talking demand side and supply side. Yeah, yeah. I want to circle back real quick, though, to Greg's comment, which, I, which as Greg normally does, triggers another thought in my head, which was, you, Greg, you're exactly right. I, I can't, you know, it's almost now every store I go into, and this, it's an observation. It's not a bad thing. Almost every store I go into, I was in Dick's the other day. They all have now this roundup capability, which to yes. me is fantastic. Yeah, and, and it's it is a push of a button. And, you know, I go to the Dick's checkout right, and I spend you know let's say eight dollars and in ten cents. I can round it to nine. Yeah, it's only ninety cents, but if we all do that, right, and it and for at least the Dick stuff goes to some local um, activities here in Boise where, you know, getting athletic equipment for kids that may not have access to athletic equipment. So my message is, I I know when it's time to pay, we all just want to get the heck out of wherever we are. (laughs) But I would ask people maybe just to pause and see if there is that roundup capability. And if it aligns with something that, that you're passionate about, Give them that 50, 60, 70 cents, whatever it might be. Right. It, 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 to your point, Greg, which is a really good one. If everyone gives like 60 cents, 
you know, things will add up pretty quickly. Yeah, no doubt. Well I, you know, I've totally forgot about the roundup thing, but that is yeah. fantastic because it is. Who carries change these days oh, anymore? Yeah. It's yeah, easy. So. And it makes it too easy not to do it. Um, yeah. All right. So, and, and I shared a couple of, yeah, I shared, a, I shared a couple of comments there. Y'all keep it coming. Uh, Dr. LeGriffin, uh, give as you can and for the right need now. I love that message there. Good morning, Gloria Moore. Great to have you here. And Amanda says, I've actually heard paying for the person behind you in Starbucks causes logistical <laughs> problems and confusion for the employees. How about that? An alternative idea is to give the baristas a tip at the window or through the app. Hey, that talk about folks, um, you know, that could use that support. I love that idea, man. Okay. Yeah. My, 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 my advice to people that want, and Amanda, great suggestion, Scott, great suggestion about paying for the car behind you. When you're in Starbucks, though, you got to be careful, right? If someone's behind you in a minivan, I mean, right. that could be, that could be a second mortgage. So <laughs> yeah. you might just want to be careful who's actually behind you, particularly at Starbucks. And I love yes. Starbucks, but yeah, cause you know, they don't need it. First of all, they're <laughs> yeah. in line waiting in a car to buy yes. coffee. So they don't need yes. it. Yes. Right. I, and, <laughs> and, you know, I wonder, I hadn't thought about this, Mike. I wonder if people load up in cars and just hope that somebody will pay. <laughs> they go around and around and around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Target the folks on the motorcycle if you're going to do that. I think. Yes. Is, yeah. There you go. Perfect, Scott. Right. Sorry to digress. <laughs> so on on the supply side, there's a couple, and and this, I mean, if if you go in and Google um, kind of supply chain ch uh, charities, there's a, there's a couple of interesting things. One that I don't think we'll talk about, which is just the challenges that charities have with their supply chains, mm -hmm. right? Given how much people are now relying on different types of charities, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's just a byproduct of the economy, charities in general, their supply chains are getting stressed. That's maybe a topic for a different day. Yeah. But when I think about supply on the charity side, it's, it's organizations like the American Logistics Aid Network, as an example, is an organization that, that acts as a matchmaker between People that have disaster relief supplies and getting it to the disaster site. So everything from, hey, I need a warehouse to store bottled water because I need it near where you know Katrina was, to, hey, I've got this warehouse full of stuff, but I have no way to move it. Right? I need forklifts. I might need mm -hmm. tractor trailers. So organizations like that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think play a critical role in kind of matchmaking between people that have stuff that they want to give and actually getting it to the people that need it. And it's to me, it's those infrastructure types of companies that we probably don't talk enough about in terms of making sure that people get what they need when they're impacted by a natural disaster. So, so that's one. The other one that I think is probably known, but not necessarily known, is the Ronald McDonald House. Yep. So we see the ads, you know, you see the ads every once in a while for the Ronald McDonald House. And I think just just the idea that and to me, when I started looking at the Ronald McDonald House and the Ronald McDonald Foundation, there, there's a couple elements to that. There's certainly, the, you know, the housing next to hospitals or near hospitals so that families can be together when kids are going through, you know, usually not really good times. Mm. I think being able to keep the family together and and try to 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 you know inject as much 
you know, spirit and family as you can during an incredibly mm-hmm. difficult time, I think is really important. But the other thing that I learned is, is they've started to, to build and have, you know, mobile facilities where they can take, you know, semi-trailers that have exam rooms, have x-rays, have blood work, have all the things that you would want in a hospital and the ability to take that into remote regions, whether that's remote regions in the States, whether that's remote regions worldwide. So thinking about kind of how, you know, what, what Ray Kroc started in terms of the fast food restaurant and the impact that that had, obviously, on the fast food industry, but also the impact I think the Ronald McDonald House has on people's lives and just overall care for people, um, I, I think is, is one that I, that I would like to recognize. Mike, so well said, and Greg, we get your take here in just a second. Sure. I, I shared pre-show that, you know, having gone to McDonald's thousands of times, y'all might have forgotten about the chicken fajitas McDonald's rolled out in the 80s. I was one of the three people that actually loved those things. Uh, they were like a buck a piece, ate them before Wednesday night church all the time. They broke my heart when they went away. But all that kidding aside, I, I think you, you, when you walk into a restaurant, you, I've heard that Ronald McDonald house a million times. But Mike, what I love what you've done here is I never stopped to think about the real impact that they're making and the investment they're making and what it means to, gosh, can you imagine all those families that are going through those tough times that have very few places to turn to? That's what we should be doing you know, as business leaders, as, as supply chain leaders, you name it, and, and they're writing the check. Greg, uh, your thoughts there? You know, as Mike was talking, it made me think of a, a tiny book um, that someone gave me ages ago, and they said, you want to be wealthy? This is the first thing you need to read. It's called The Gospel of Wealth, and it's by, admittedly, a robber baron, Andrew Car- Carnegie. <laughs> but it's about a 40-page book that talks about how, if your goal is to become wealthy, that you have to, not have to for because you owe it to anybody. You have to because you owe it to yourself to mm. give back and how simple that is. And it, rather than you know, continuing to enrich yourself. I mean, I, I think we've realized by all the seizures um, that have that have occurred since uh, the Ukraine war that even uh, even uh, what do they call those guys? Oligarchs only oh, yeah. need one eight hundred foot yacht. So <laughs> I, I think once <laughs> I, I think what's cool about that is is you can translate that. Having read that book, you can translate that in, at any level of wealth that you're at. If you're struggling paycheck to paycheck, but you want to figure out how to give, you're trying to save for your first home, all of those things. It's just such a simple formula. Anyway, gospel of wealth, Andrew Carnegie. Yep. Um, And then the other is, you know, Scott, I love this philosophy. Instead of giving forward or giving back, give forward, right? It's kind of like paying it forward, but it's really give forward. So organizations like, um, like, Oh my God, I totally forgot Enrique's company's name. Vector, Vector, Global, Vector Global Logistics, right? I mean, you're going to talk about uh, um, some of their initiatives, but that comes from their philosophy of, of giving forward. And more companies are taking the approach of doing good as part of their corporate culture, right? As um, give for the good before you give for the shareholder in a way, mm. right? Because you're going to mm. do it either way. You're going right. to return goodness to your shareholders. But, but why not make 
impacting humanity positively a part of your culture and do it as as generously or minimally as you possibly can. I mean, not every company is as equipped to give as every other, but uh, if you make it part of your part of your business plan, um, then it doesn't hurt so much. It's kind of like when the feds take taxes out of your paycheck rather than having you write them a check at the end of the year. Uh, all right, we got to save the tax discussion for yeah, a much later day. Let's keep this uh, good. <laughs> hey, really quick, um, really quick. A couple comments there. I love Mike brought up uh, Allen, uh, the American Logistics Aid yeah. Network. We've had Kathy Fulton on with us a couple yeah. times. In fact, she's probably due. We can reach out and make that happen again. Y'all should check out allenaid.org. I'll call her right now. Yeah, please, <laughs> please do. But you know what I love there is the marshalling they do. You know, she's yeah. made the comment numerous times here. We all want to help when there's a disaster, but one of the worst things we can do is flood a, a local area with right. pallets of water, you know, because they could it could go to waste. So I love the marshalling of resources they do. Y'all check out allenaid.org. And then a couple of quick comments, and then Michael will circle back and make sure um, we have checked off everything on your box. Greg says, I always thought that each state should have two to four facilities that have disaster um, semis that are built with showers, bathrooms, washers, and dryers, sandbag equipment, and the like that could be sent to disaster areas to help the devastated community. It's a good thought. That staging is a good thought there. Um, Catherine talked about taking actions every day. She says, instead of dropping more stuff, stuff off at Goodwill, I donate my extras to a local women's and children's shelter to help domestic violence survivors. Let Great idea. Make, let me make this incredible clarification goodwill is not a charity it is That's a true. for-profit <laughs> entity and their ceo makes two million dollars a year wow you are not giving to charity when you give to goodwill hey do your homework it has its own business model and it 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 um don't does a little bit of good but right. <laughs> if you have a church or or something like that must ministries is a is a methodist thing if anyone's familiar with that that every church and other community organizations do things where you can actually make sure that that gets to people in need. Well said. And Hey, don't take Greg's word for it. Do your homework, do your own due diligence, especially whether it's related to goodwill or anyone else. That's really important. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Rhonda, and I'm coming back to you, Mike. Dr. Rhonda says, Hey, be of service and give what you can win, win for everyone to feel a sense of purpose in life. Beautifully said. Dr. Yeah, Rhonda, time is as important as money in some cases more. Yeah, so that's right. right. Wait, excellent point. Okay, so Mike, before I share a couple others that are on certainly on me and Greg's radar and the team here, anything, any final thoughts from your end, Mike? Yeah, I, I think just I wanted to again react to to a, a comment that Greg made. You know, we, and we've talked here at length in, in different segments around our supply chain top twenty five in twenty twenty one. Some people may recall one of our macro trends in the top 25 was this idea of purpose-driven organizations, Right, which is exactly how Greg just described that. It's recognizing that an organization you know, exists for shareholders, but it also equally exists for the community and for the ecosystem, however you want to define that. You kicked off the segment, Scott, with Dell. I mean, Dell has long been recognized within our top 25, not only as a leading supply chain, but also they, they were a purpose-driven organization before we were calling it a purpose-driven uh, organization. You know, they have their legacy for good. They, they are extremely committed 
to everything around ESG, right? Environmental, social, and governance. So this idea of, of purpose-driven, I think, is, is definitely gaining traction. I think it's definitely taking hold. We see that within our top 25 um, community. And I think, you know, for individuals, I think we can ask ourselves the same question, right? Can we, are we purpose-driven? Whatever that purpose might be, you know, for me, as I've shared on here before, I'm a huge, you know, military charity type of, of person. Those are those those entities are really important to me. Um, for others, you know, it could be it could be something else. You know, my message is, you know, I think uh, as a couple of our our guests have have already mentioned, find what you're passionate about and give what you can. Because mm-hmm. and my last observation to Greg's. Uh, Greg, I, I could tell you wanted to say more. I appreciate your restraint on uh, on goodwill, but it is about doing due diligence, right? Because yes. you know there are some some I'll put it in quotation fingers, right? Charities around some really important topics, things like cancer and those types of things. That if you do some due diligence, you will find that. Not a whole lot of your dollar goes to where you think it should go. Mm. Excellent point. CharityNavigator.com, best yeah. resource on the internet to find out that exact thing. Excellent point. Uh, is how much of your money actually goes to help those yeah. in need. And, yeah, and as we know, point. as we know, Greg, some of the newer ones, there may not be as much information on any site, including Charity Navigator, and, and you'll have to take the extra step. Had the right conversations, right? But Scott, man, you, we at Supply Chain Now give to one that's so small and right. so early that they're not on there yet. But we've done, we, you've done, you've done our due diligence. <laughs> a collective <laughs> we. we. Yes, right. a collective we. You know, right. and, and that's, uh, I don't know about y'all, but as much as I love, there's some really big organizations. We've all, we've all shared plenty. They're doing really big things and we can, they deserve our support. But there's something, I, it might be the startup. Um, uh, in my DNA, I love where, you know, you can make an impact with folks that are, ju- you know, not just getting their sea legs together, but just, you know, they're, they're, they're closer to their birth than they are, you know, yeah. um, their destination. Sure. So, yeah. um, yeah. anyway, one of the last thing, uh, Mike, and I appreciate your last thought there is when I grow up, I hope to trigger a thought for, uh, Mike Griswold. I will know <laughs> I have arrived when I do that. You <laughs> just don't talk as much. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Way well, hey, all in good fun. Let's, so let's shift gears then. Uh, so, Mike, really, again, I knew this would um, hit your heart, so to speak, when I shared you know what we want to talk about here today because you're geared much like we are in this regard, you know, really finding powerful ways of taking action to do good. Uh, a couple of those that are on our radar, we already mentioned the Pay It Forward 9-11, and I think uh, the production team dropped that in the comments. Um, this other one that, uh, Greg, you, you remember, we interviewed – uh, the one and only Donald Frossen uh, uh, right. with Lowe's, right? The, the fearless supply chain leader at Lowe's. Right. Now, Lowe's doing some really cool things. Um, but one of the many things that we talked about with Don was this, um, this hometown initiative. Uh, basically, the company's picked 100 cities across the country, and they've committed to investing about $100 million across these 100 cities, building Man. things like Community centers, man, difficult for you to say, I mean, uh, community centers, shelters, parks, schools, and right. a lot more. Some of the towns, Greg and Mike, Overland Park, Texas, Madison, Georgia, not 
too far down the road here, Ontario, California, and a lot more. So big fan. You talk about you know practical investments uh, for some infrastructure uh, that you know any community needs. Man, a hundred million dollars. That's the kind of uh, initiatives I love to get behind. Greg, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it, what was funny about that discussion was the way Don talked about it, which was not, it was just so matter of fact, just like it was just part of everyday business for them. You know, Mike, to your point, um, that, that it, it was part of their business model, right? So, Scott, that's the thought that you've prompted in my mind with what <laughs> you just said. <laughs> is is just how matter of fact that discussion was that it was right. just right is just part of the everyday and i think if you can get to that point in your life and it's not hard to do you just look for opportunities to give Excellent. and there are plenty of them out there right and, and i think uh important to note is this is just one of many you know when, when the floods took place in in kentucky aid that the company brought that was over above and beyond these major commitments they're having. Right. So with, with consumers, I mean, consumers should really know, um, you know, who they're spending their dollars with. So I love that from Lowe's. Mike, I'll give you a chance to kind of comment on this hometown initiative that we were just talking about. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a great example. I mean, I, you know, the, I'll go back to the kind of the rounding up at Dick's and some of the other places, you know, I, I try where I can to 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 mix between kind of large organizations. I'm a huge basketball fan, so I give regularly to the V Foundation as an example. Because mm. I know mm-hmm. to your earlier point, Greg, you know, almost all of the money I give the V Foundation is going straight to cancer research. Right. Um, but I also try to find things locally because I know just even within everyone's own community. Um, you know, the, the shelters, the food banks, all those types of things locally, they all need help, right? You, you never see on the news a report that the local food bank is like, oh, we don't need any more food. Please don't give us more food, right? We, we have <laughs> right. enough, right? You never hear that. So um, my, my ask of people is, is, to, is to also look locally yeah. and where can you help? Because then you know for sure that you know in in some ways you you are helping your neighbors you're helping you know, other people in your local community well said well said mike uh all right a couple quick comments glormar great to have you back with us it is so crazy to see how much money goes to the charity management than the needy i wish they are monitored more closely excellent point there glormar and that's where greg mentioned the charity navigator it'll help you um really figure out the overhead percentages and some of the, where, where the money goes, right, Greg? Yeah. And charity navigator gives you kind of a go be warned and no go mm. uh, alert. So for instance, I'm, uh, I am very involved and have been since I started college with the ALS association, Lou Gehrig's disease. And last I saw about 86% of the money goes to those in need. Now the rest of it is, and I, I know because I've been on boards at, at this organization. Hmm. It, it's very, shall we say, uh, conservatively positioned to administer all of that because it's, you know, there is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease. There's not likely to be one in the near future. Most of the, what that association does, for instance, is provide equipment and materials. There's a ton of logistics, right? There's a ton of volunteers. So you have to think about very few charities where a hundred percent is going to go to right. to those in need, but but 
I think Charity Navigator likes it when it's between 80 or 80, maybe even 85 or more goes to the charities or yep. goes to the those in need, right? Four star, I believe is what they call those those organizations, to your point, Greg. Um, all right, so Glormar, great point there, Jose. Jumping on the Goodwill thing. Goodwill, he says, is more expensive than Walmart. Um, and then, uh, Dr. Rhonda, if you haven't, if, for any folks out there, if you haven't heard of Charity Navigator, really, and if you're a big fan of doing due diligence, it is yeah. a great tool. So check it out. And I think it's free to use. You don't, I don't it even is. have to register. Um, so good stuff there. And we dropped in the Lowe's Hometown Initiative so y'all can learn more about uh, what the good people there are doing. Okay. CharityNavigator.org. Thank you. .org. Thank you very much. Uh, so I just said good people. And Greg, you've alluded to good people. You know, beyond Mike Griswold, beyond some of the organizations we're mentioning, we're big fans of Enrique Alvarez and all the folks over at Vector. Now, check this out. And folks, take note because this is an easy one to get involved in. So this leveraging logistics for Ukraine this has been an ongoing thing going back probably now six, eight months even. Um, you know, Ukraine, depending on the day, depending on the week, it may, you know, other things may ta- take the top headlines. But as we all know, there's tons of suffering going on there. So Vector has made it easy, hard for them, but they've made it easy for folks to tune in. You know, there's a monthly planning meeting. And all they do, Greg, is they um, – they find, they vet the need, right, right, in Ukraine, Poland, and in the region, right, figure out what they really need, not the things we assume, but things they really need. And then they find the folks that can either donate the resources or donate the services to get the humanitarian aid there. Now, I try to get an updated figure. You know, this is on top of their business and many other uh, philanthropic uh, initiatives. Right. Uh, but But as of like a month ago, over 300,000 pounds of vetted, targeted need had landed in the region, right? Gotten to the folks in need. So one last comment, and Greg, I want to get you to weigh in here, is if that appeals to you, you know, and even if you're not in a position to write a check or donate anything, hey, join the monthly planning sessions. The next one's September 13th. You can listen in to as they share market intel, as they share updates on on um, what they're doing, on the needs, on updates, on containers that are on their way, you name it. And once you're informed, it may be something where you can jump in and help in some way, shape, or form. But Tuesday, September 13th, 11 a.m. Eastern time, uh, we're dropping a link into chat and would love to have you all be a part of that. And, and again, big thanks to folks that really uh, lead with logistics with purpose, and that is Enrique and the Vector team. Amen. Greg. Your commentary on on this um, initiative here? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't even have to be able to do anything to join those calls. Just join the call if you think you might know somebody that might be able to help at some point. So um, Enrique and the team at at Vector have hooked up with Gregorz. Which is how you say Greg in Polish, by the way? Okay, and I forget his last name. Um, but remember, we had him on the show some months back. Um, yes, who has put his own startup technology company on hold or, you know, stepped away from his role in large part to facilitate a lot of this. So this is not going to be on Charity Navigator, um, but still worthy and well vetted. I can verify that Scott and I have vetted this cause. So, uh, you know, if you can give money, give money. If you can 
ship goods, if they're having trouble getting stuff out of the Midwest or whatever the issue is, just figure out what their problem is and see if you can maybe help them out. Just get on the uh, the link that we have here and um, and join the, the call and see if there's anything you can do to help. Excellent point, Com- uh, Greg. Expertise is really needed. Uh, Mike, any uh, response when you, when you when you come across projects like this that are really more initiatives than they are organizations, right? It's a community right. of folks and resources coming together. Any thoughts on your end, Mike? Yeah, I, I think that the challenge with this, and, and I think, Scott, you alluded to it, is how, how do you keep this top of mind? Because it was, you know, I'll date myself, it was front page for weeks. And right. now it's not. And it's not like things have stopped over there. So with these types of initiatives, whether this particular one in the Ukraine or other initiatives, it's really important to figure out how do, how do you keep people aware of the problem? Because just because we don't talk about it or just because the media chooses to talk about other stuff doesn't mean this conflict is has stopped. It is still going on. People are still dying and, and people are still being displaced and people still mm-hmm. need help. So I think the work that you, Scott, and Greg do to continue to raise awareness around this through your platform is incredible. And you know, I think everyone needs to just kind of keep their eyes and ears open to things that maybe aren't talked about as much anymore because right. other things have come up, right? Um, but there's still opportunities and there's still challenges. And, and, and the worst thing we can do is just forget about it because you know the media isn't talking about it. It's still a problem. Yeah. Right. Well said. And, and, uh, you know, I cannot remember the ocean carrier that stepped up, but, uh, Greg Hopog Lloyd, thank you. They stepped up and are shipping all that stuff uh, across the pond at cost. That is at a cost. Yeah. That's major. Which, so, which is both, yeah. uh, it, it's both endearing and angering when you see what cost is versus what's being charged. <laughs> Well, <laughs> regardless, yeah. hey, join the planning sessions. Join yeah. the planning sessions. You'll be better off. You'll leave that call more informed and probably with some new perspective on what's going on. So, Mike and Greg, I, I yeah. appreciate how eloquent y'all were uh, in talking about those initiatives. And, hey, we've got the link, as Greg alluded to, we've got the link right there to do your own. Hey, due diligence. Check it out. Kick the tires. Make sure it's something that um, is important to you, something that you're in position to, to be a part of and would love that. T-squared. Holds down a fort for us on YouTube. Great to see you. Uh, this was a good discourse. Uh, I appreciate that. And I always appreciate your perspective uh, through all of our live streams. Yes. Fellow Gen okay. Tyrone Thorpe. That is right. That And, and we finally, our, our prize, <laughs> the, the item from the prize vault, the still local radio stations uh, approach here, finally made it to uh, T-squared. Okay. So, folks, check out all those links. Mike. I uh, love the good work that you and the Gartner team do. Um, we, the, you've got a big event coming up, uh, right? Many probably, but yes. uh, one in Orlando coming up around the corner. What, what's next uh, in your world? So we've got um, London, actually, Scott. London uh, at the end of this month. I'm looking at my calendar. It is the 27th through the 29th out at the O2 venue outside of London. Still trying to figure out how, how I'm going to get from Heathrow out there. 
<laughs> I may I may take my chances with uh, I mean the underground system in the UK is fantastic. The tube within London is fantastic. I'm thinking I can find my way from Heathrow out uh, out to Greenwich. Um, but yeah, that that oh, event's no already question. that yeah. event's already sold out, um, which is you know, which is great for us. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll let people know, right, is is we're thinking about. I know we're still in the middle of 2023. But in 2024, not only are we going to have our, our two symposium, it's going to be in Orlando, and then we're going back to Barcelona. For those people that are that like Spain, we'll be in Barcelona in June. But Greg, this will be near and dear to your heart. We're running two planning summits next year as oh. well. So smaller events focused just on planning. Hot dog. Uh, one, one in London and one in Phoenix in the October-November timeframe. If I put us in the Wayback Machine, in 2019, we had our first planning summit in Denver, and it was a huge success. We expected like 250. We got over 500. And then this little thing called COVID happened. So that Mm. put a a kibosh on all that. But 2024, for people that are really interested in planning, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have two summits uh, in the fall. Outstanding. Yeah, excited about that. Is planning kind of an important topic here lately, Greg? Uh, it depends that- who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. There are some companies where I would argue that it. I think that uh, both their inventory results and their stock price reflect that maybe it ought to be a little more important mm. to them. <laughs> nice. I like yes. that foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, speaking of, uh, folks, if you're not checking out Greg White's Supply Chain Commentary every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on LinkedIn, you are missing out. So uh, I love love what you've been sharing. Um, all right. So Greg and Mike, and by the way, I also want to mention um, the uh, in our Orlando, October 17th through 20th, uh, the Gartner IT Symposium Expo. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be there uh, with Mark Holmes from InterSystems. Uh, again, we had a blast last time, a few months back. So looking forward to that. Um, okay. So Mike, our, one of our favorite questions as we wrap and, and let you go, because we know you, you've got Plenty, plenty to get to here today. How can folks connect with you and the Gartner team? Uh, so email, uh, mike.griswold at gartner.com. If you go to gartner.com, it's, it's a great, we've done a lot of work on the website to give kind of a better perspective to people that may not know what we do in terms of research and advisory. So that's a good place to start. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of getting you know, slowly better at that. Um, but maybe, for me, I'm still old school. Just drop me an email. Mike.Griswold yep. at Gardner.com. So, hey, ask and you shall receive. So, Dr. LeGriffin, um, shoot Mike an email or go to Gardner.com. I bet y'all have a, a, a nice, vibrant um, uh, email reminder that kind of keeps these events on people's radar, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, yes, please reach out to me and, and I can um, – Yeah, you mentioned the event in October, Greg. I mean, that's the granddaddy if I could, you know – uh, channel my inner Keith Jackson, right? That's the granddaddy of them all. Right. Uh, 20,000 of your closest oh, IT Nelly. friends. Oh, Nelly. Yes. <laughs> We've just lost half the audience, Greg. That's at right. Least. Um, but 20,000 of your closest IT friends, it is our flagship event. Um, I'm glad you, you're going, Scott. You should, you'll have a great time. Lots of stuff going on at, at that event. Yeah. Pretty much takes over the venue um, for those days that they're there. So. Everyone right. will have a great time. 
Uh, so everyone connect, uh, you can learn more. I think we've got some, uh, the, the links in the show notes and the commentary. So y'all check that out. Uh, Mike Griswold really admire you and, and love, uh, appreciate, really appreciate you spending the time out of your really busy schedule. Be with us each month in particular. I really, uh, appreciate the message you shared here and the yeah. initiatives you've highlighted. Uh, Greg, your final thoughts with, uh, for Mike. Well, my, yeah, my final thoughts are if you think about <clears throat> Mike Griswold, folks, um, Mike is very busy, influ- too, actually too busy influencing people who are leading technology and practitioner companies and CPG retailers and that sort of thing to be an influencer. So <laughs> don't expect him to get too active on LinkedIn. <laughs> But understand that the influence that he provides is influencing the people that you either are, want to become, or hope to sell to. <laughs> so, um, Beautiful. 100%. Yeah, heavy, heavy hitter. I don't think you can overstate uh, how important what it is that Mike and the team at Gartner do for uh, not just supply chain, but you know, technology and industry in general. Well said. All right, Mike, I'm new, Thanks. Greg. Thanks, Greg. I knew Greg could hit the mark with that. And I was going to do that after you went off the air because I knew you'd hate it that I did it while you were on the air. But yes, well, we but agree with each. came to me then. We agree with each syllable. So, Mike, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll be back in touch with Mike Griswold uh, from Gartner next month. Thank you, Mike. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. Take care. Greg, uh, I guess I prompted you to lose your closing comment a little bit early, but I. Uh, but I want to Mike. Well, you know that. what I should have said was go Broncos. You know, he's <laughs> Boise State grad, right? And it's right. college football season officially now. So probably should have said that then. Yeah. Um, and saved all the rest of that for this. But uh, ah, I, I think okay. it's important for people to understand that. And I don't think we've ever actually said that in front of Mike before. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think, it. you know, we have to recognize the difference between being an influencer and the difference between influencing the shape of an industry, yeah. right? Well Some said. people influence people. Mike influences an entire industry. Yep. So. Uh, all right. So folks, hopefully we've put some things on your radar. Hopefully we've, we've, we've brought some initiatives that are really making a big impact for folks in need, uh, you know, brought it to surface level. We'd again, I'd ask you, plead with you, get involved in this leveraging logistics for Ukraine effort. I promise you, you won't ever regret it. There's no obligations That's it comes true. with. September 13th is the next planning session, and y'all can check that comment out. Um, Greg, one final uh, call out here as we wrap on today's show. Mike always brings it. Love his perspective here. Yeah. But one of the other organizations you're a part of, um, uh, they, they appeared on the live stream and, and, uh, neurodiverse, uh, um, Oh, uh, McKenna farms. Yeah, yeah. Share that really quick. Yeah. McKenna farms therapy services. So it's, it started out as a horse farm for horse therapy with one horse, by the way, and a very, very generous, generous veterinarian, um, f- horse therapy for the neurodiverse people on the autism spectrum. So if you're watching love on the spectrum right now, which if you're not, you ought to, it's an amazing show. Yes, Those are the kind of people that we work with every day. But now, and, and some are less functional than others. Um, so we're so not only is it horse therapy to help people cope with maybe Asperger's or 
or, or uh, milder autism, but also speech therapy mm-hmm. and physical therapy for those who are, are seriously um, handicapped and disabled and, and occupational therapy, right? And, um, and even work therapy. So mm-hmm. we're building a new facility at McKenna Farms to not only uh, expand and, and um, enable us to, to solve the enor- or, or, or uh, reach the enormous waiting list of families who want to get their kids involved and, and young adults involved with McKenna Farms, but also to give them a place to work. And let me tell you, when somebody has the kind of focus that someone on the neurodiverse spectrum has, they make a hell of a cup of coffee. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> well, and, and this, so this has been something you've been involved with for uh, what, going back a year or so, right? Uh, a couple, a couple years now, couple believe years it or now. not. Yeah. Yeah. Just before COVID started. Okay. So, well, I, I just know, dropped it seems like forever. Well, it seems like not forever, but it has been a minute. Well, Folks, check that out. I uh, just dropped that in the comments. And it, there may be a McKenna Farms type organization in your local communities, right? Going back to what Mike said. Unquestionably. Yeah. Investigate what's there in your neck of the woods to get behind and make a impact in. So, Greg, I appreciate your leadership, your deeds, not words, leadership in that regard. Um, it, it's just so critical that folks follow in your footsteps and, and do that. A big part, as you mentioned, it should be an important part of anyone's business plan. Okay, folks, thank you all for this journey over the last hour. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for all the comments we got. I know this is a different episode, but it's a really important episode, an important discussion. Uh, don't lose sight of, of these folks in need, regardless of what we see on the news headlines. Find a way to make your impact and, uh, and have your voice uh, help others. Uh, your voice or your wallet or your actions or your expertise. There's all these different levels you can get involved in. Uh, big thanks. Put that barge, help. lift that bail. Right. It's the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> I'll, um, I'll go with it. I will go with it. Um, but big thanks to all everyone that showed up. Big thanks, of course, Mike Griswold and the, and the Gartner team, the production team, Amanda, Catherine, Clay, Chantel, you name it. Greg, always a pleasure to knock these conversations out with you. Yeah, likewise. But folks, whatever you do, uh, on behalf of our entire team, Scott Luton signing off, challenging you. Hey, it's about deeds, not words, right? Do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.